When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What You Need to Know is brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times. Less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. Lauda, what do you got? All right. So there's a lot of talk about the Super Bowl because, you know, uh, my babe, the Rams, are going to be in it. <laughs> and uh, I saw something that Cincinnati is actually doing that I hope L.A. will do, too. They are actually closing and canceling classes on Monday after the Super Bowl in celebration of the Bengals and making it there since they haven't had a Super Bowl appearance since 1988. I mean, it's a good year. I was born that year. But I was like, L.A., can we, um, um you know, take a page off of uh, Cincinnati and close the schools? I mean, I'm still going to probably have to come to work, but at least my traffic will be better that day. So hopefully we can do that. This is a good yeah. idea. It's a very solid idea. I have an idea of how we can make this idea become reality. Let's do okay. it. You guys want to hear it? You guys want to hear yeah. this? Yeah. Wait, wait. Let me guess. Are you going to be the guy who gets on the soapbox about how the day after the Super Bowl should be a national holiday? No. No. Okay, good. Okay. Are you going to be the guy that suggests that the Super Bowl should be on a Saturday? Because I kind of would like to hear that, to be honest with you. No, I'm not that no. guy either. I love, I love the idea of Super Bowl Saturday, actually. We already uh-huh. have a week off between the game. What the hell? Mm. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm sticking with Sunday. That way, now. Sunday you get to recuperate from all the partying. That's true, though, because you know your girl has to, to take like what is it like those uh, super shots today? I'm like, ooh, yeah. yesterday was rough. That's all I'm saying, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? All right, Cap, Super I Bowl hear. Saturday. So here's what we do, Laura. If if you would like L.A. to have the day off on Monday, mm-hmm. we need to get a hold of Magic Johnson. Oh yeah, I, I don't got juice for that, man. <laughs> No, don't worry like, about it. Why do we get a hold of Magic Johnson? We we need to get a hold of Magic. Then what Magic? Oh, I know needs where he's do, going. Magic needs to buy in on this concept. Then we get Magic to hook us up with Mayor Garcetti. Mm-hmm. And yeah, because he was hanging out with them. Correct. Yep, then we get him to hook us up with the governor. Okay. And we say, hey guys, I think you guys like football. You, you guys were in the suite. You guys were hanging out. You were chilling on a Sunday. You guys were dressed down, looking pretty cool. What if on Monday? You give everybody the day. It's, it's, a, it's an L.A. holiday this year because the Super Bowl was here and the Rams were in it. What do you think? If we get Magic on board, I think we're golden, George. I think we just need the mayor, bro. So I, I don't think we need to go that high. Yeah, I don't think you need to go all the way to Gavin Newsom. Yeah, I, 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 like like LA. I don't, yeah. I don't care about anything outside of L.A., you know, hence the Niner fans. <laughs> like, I just need L.A. Right. <laughs> I don't care about the rest. Yeah. All right, there you well, go. I, if we get again, magic on always this extra. Thing, Why do you got to go mm-hmm. that extra step? Why didn't we just ask President Biden if they should uh, make that happen? If we're going to go to Gavin, I thought know? it would be more. How about fun Ted Lou, like uh, you know, one of the senators? You know, I don't know. <laughs> I feel like it'd be more fun to get magic on the show. And go, yo, magic, what up? We got an you idea. You should ask him about. You should t- no. You shouldn't ask him because he won't remember clearly. But you should tell him the story about how you got like weaselled your way into some fancy party by acting like you knew him and giving him a big hug. That oh, would be dude. funny, dude. I loved him, and he. I was like, yo, magic, what's up, dude? And he's like, that actually would be worth having magic on. Just to, I could tell him, magic. <laughs> Scott has the most amazing story with you in it that you will never remember because, of course, you wouldn't remember. But it's an awesome story that you'll laugh at anyway. I think I could 
probably remind him of enough details of who was around. No, get no, no, out of your mind. Magic will be you like, realize how many like people this. this man meets on a yeah. daily basis? Here, here's what Magic Let alone some say. rando that was going to sit there and hug right. him at like some door. Right, but, but, he, but he's going to say this. He's going to say, I don't remember you, but I do remember some guy who I didn't know coming up to me at that party, and I just was like, okay, bring it in for some love. I think he, not, he may not remember me, George, but he'll, I'll paint enough of a picture to remind Magic, he'll go, I do recall. No, no, that's actually not. Probably not going to happen. That won't happen. Well, we'll let's try and sell him on the idea of the day after the Super Bowl being an off day. Yeah, let's make, he can make that happen. He's Magic Big Johnson, time. dude. He's Magic. He's the Magic Man. He can make things happen. So, all right, that is what you need to know. I'm with Laura, brought to you by uh, Morongo Casino Resort. Good times, less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. All right, I, I want to get to um, Matthew Stafford here in a second. But Steve Mason I don't, has been texting us incessantly here mm-hmm. during this break. Mm-hmm. And um, he says, the Niners did not, in capital letters, N-O-T. And I heard him say this as I was listening to the great show of Mason Ireland earlier today, take over the stadium. It was 50-50. You can tell by the number of people who were there for the ceremony. Um, the ceremony after the game, you mean when all the other fans left? Listen, it doesn't matter. Okay, that the Niner fans were there were more Niner fans than Rams. it doesn't matter because at the end of the day the Rams won and that's all that matters. Okay, but let me just say this, and Scott, you kind of alluded to this earlier. We talked about it in the first hour of the show. Twenty-two years without a team. Okay, twenty-two years. Like, of course, there's not going to be this humongous fan base here. They have done an incredible job. They as in the Rams have done an incredible job from the second they got here and certainly after year one where they realized we got to cut bait with this Jeff Fisher nonsense because this isn't going to work out so well. Um, And I say that somewhat respectfully because the man did coach for a long time. didn't sound respectful. You called it nonsense. Well, because let's face it, he was way past his prime as a coach. Like, I mean, the guy, there was a time he was a great coach. He was one foot away from winning the Super Bowl, for God's sake. Okay. You don't need to be respectful. We all get it. Go ahead. Um, But... Like, don't tell me that it's yeah. raining and, you know, you're doing something else on my shoulder, okay? Like, I, I I can watch the game with my own eyes. Like, I can see a sea of red, but that shouldn't matter because, again, context matters. I went on two radio shows today, and they asked me that question. And I said, dude, there was no team here for 22 years. And, of course, there's a ton of fans here that were already Niner fans because, by the way, when the Rams left in 1994, you know who was really damn good? The Niners, okay? Really good. So, so good they went to a Super Bowl, okay? So, those people were Niner fans. Not to mention that the Bay Area fans love to come down here and, you know, try to infiltrate the stadiums and arenas and whatnot. So, none of that really matters. But let's not try to act like what we saw yesterday was some sort of, like, glitch in the matrix, okay? Like, what we saw was what we saw. Yeah, but listen, it does matter. And, and it matters, and, and it's going to matter five years and 20 years from now. What matters is the Rams got the NFC championship game on their home field. They were overwhelmed. And listen, you guys want to argue about percentages, 50-50, 60-40. There were more Niner fans there. End okay. of story. That's okay. it. But it doesn't right. matter, bro, but, because but the Rams the won. They're going to win the damn Super Bowl. And I told you that when they were lost three in a row. Not you, Steve Mason. I did. Not you, Ramley guy. 
<laughs> Look, it matters, though, because going forward, they just won a game in their new stadium, this new $5 billion world-class facility that they built in L.A. Beautiful. The nicest game. stadium in the in- right. Arguably in the world. Right, like, right. I'm not even joking no, about seriously. that. No, seriously. They won this game, and now they'll play in the Super Bowl. And if they win the Super Bowl, that will influence a generation of people today. Yes. Yes. 20 years from now, yes. this will all be different. By Correct. The way, let's not make it seem like the Rams or the Chargers all of a sudden. You know, this was a, a San Francisco no. phenomenon. This right. was not an every week thing. Arizona Correct. didn't come here and take over the place. Well, they also Indianapolis, don't have fans, you know, will come over and, and take over a charger. No. And you're like, Indianapolis, really? No, Indianapolis? But, but here's the thing. They are always going to have, because it's Los Angeles, okay? Because it's warm here in the winter, okay? And, and I know I grew up, you and I grew up in a place where Northeastern teams used to infiltrate to watch their teams play, okay? But what I will tell you is this. None of that matters because the caveat of not having football for 22 years is the biggest impediment, and they're playing from behind. And the fact is the Rams have done an unbelievable job in such a short amount of time. Not only did they nail okay, the head coach part, but they empowered their GM who probably had some power when Jeff Fisher was was around, but not the type of power he has now. They've got a true partnership between coach and general manager. They are aligned from the top of the top. Stan Kroenke, who writes the checks, to uh, Kevin Demoff, who runs the organization as the president, to Les Snead, to Sean McVay, to Raheem Morris, trickling all the way down to the players. That's what matters. Not who the hell is sitting in the stands, but again, Let's not lie about it either, okay? Let's let's to your point, Kaplan, if anything, it's going to serve as a great moment of where this thing could have turned. But let's not act like it didn't happen. That seems silly to me. All I'm right. Gonna keep, I'm gonna keep coming back to you though and tell you that it does matter, it does matter, it does matter, because the future is taking your business department and hitting the streets and saying, We are the football team of this town. And we just hosted the NFC Championship game and won it. We just hosted the Super Bowl, hopefully, and won it. They'll win and, it. And and what's and what they need to do is is use all of that in the corporate world, in the sponsorship world, because the more they are seen, the more visible they are because of all of this success, the more chance they have. And hey, Raider fans, don't get all bent out of shape, but here it goes. To take over LA from the Raider fans. Forget the Charger fans. You're, no, they not that's you're that, competing yeah, that's against the Raider fans yeah. and you're competing against all the other teams who have a fan base here right. because well, and by the way, the, the Niners have a big fan base here right. and that's fine. So it matters to me. From okay, a then that's fair. That's fair. But here's the other thing. And Laura yeah. said this in my ear I think, not on the air, but I have spent uh, you know sh- th- there is something to be said about quieting down your opponent and their fans, okay? What I I don't know about you cap, but for many years when I've interviewed players, whether it doesn't matter what sport, right? Baseball, basketball, football, you name it. I always, I, I used to ask a question like this all the time, right? Where I used to ask every guy uh, or lady um, in their representative sport. And I would say, hey, what's, what's cooler? Hitting the game-winning shot at home with the crowd roaring or silencing the, oppon- the opposing crowd? And I would say the overwhelming majority always gave me the, oh, silencing the opponent is always more fun. 
yeah, because well, it's better to be that guy. You like, see, you, you see Joe Burrow yesterday being carried off the field. Did you see that story about the guy who was carrying him off the field was the same guy on his LSU team that carried him off the field yeah. when they beat Alabama? Yeah. So, I mean, that, that kind of stuff, going into Arrowhead Stadium and, and winning a game like that, hey, look, for the Rams, going into Tampa, I'm not saying it's Arrowhead or it's certainly not Seattle. It's not New Orleans, but that was Tom Brady over there. And they got it done. This is going to be such a great Super Bowl. Yeah, it's going to be fun. And you know what? Who cares? It shouldn't matter. Because you know what? What you want to judge it off of is the next time you play those guys, and there will be a next time because they're in your division, you see less and less red. And that's when you know that you're really making an impact. Okay? That's when you know. But it's not going to happen tonight or tomorrow. But I I heard John Ireland make this point earlier. The Rams... um, TV ratings, I think they were like at a 10 share, you know, um, in the sport. And the only teams lower than them were like the Jets, who play in New York, right? Obviously a big city, and the Giants are kind of the team. And the Chargers, who, as we just talked about, you know, obviously don't have this humongous fan, humongous fan base here. So, but it, that's up 15% year over year. And that's going to, that has been growing exponentially year over year. And that's going to keep growing if they keep winning. Yep. That's all, that's what people care. Yep. People want to be associated with winners. Yep. It's why we've become so tribalistic in everything it's, we do. It's right, why, no matter. It's what, but it's what it is you're season, a fan of, right? But it's why this season was so important. Correct. It, knowing that the Super Bowl was at SoFi, it was so important to go all in, and and even no matter how much money you spent, no matter how many how big a stars you acquired, you just didn't know for sure that it was going to work. Which is what makes what the Rams have done so far. Amazing. It's an incredible Really story. incredible. And you know what? They're going to finish the job, okay? They're going to win this game. It's not going to be easy, okay? The Bengals are legit, so don't think it's easy. But they are going to win this damn thing. I am telling you that is going to happen, okay? All right, we didn't finish the godforsaken Raider discussion. We didn't even get to the Matthew Stafford stuff I wanted to do. So enough. No more red Niners in the stands talk. Yeah, Sakawo. Although... Basta. I, will, I will give him credit for one thing. No mames. I know. See, I just, Laura, hey, I said it like that so you wouldn't get mad at me and dump me. Thank you. Thank you. No I mames. Know. I know. I'll just tell you one thing, though. Those 49er fans. Cap, can in the you end say zone? no mames? No. No mames? What is that? Just, yeah, that's fine. Just like that. Thank you. I'll just say one last thing. I know we got a break. Those 49er fans in the end zone that were trying to cover up the sign that said Rams House with 49ers House, you guys are good fans. I'll give you guys credit. You guys are good fans. Y'all still lost. Let's no mames, bro. Enough with those guys. All right. Coming up next, Matthew Stafford and how everything that's been done has been centered around this one moment for him. For his, Basically, this is a moment for his career. We'll get to how important it is and what really is at stake from a career standpoint in just a moment. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Ooh, yeah. Lindsay remembers this vaguely, right, Lindsay? Because when you were, you were a kid and your dad noticed that Michael Jackson popped up on, well, not really Michael Jackson. They had fake Michael Jacksons popping up in different parts of the, the stadium at first. 
I only remember it because my dad and I were literally just talking about it a week ago because he was asking me if I'm going to go to the Super Bowl. And I was just like, I've been to a couple Super Bowls. And honestly, it's kind of a bleep show just because there's a lot going on there. So I'm okay if I'm with not going. And he was like, yeah, I remember the first Super Bowl I went to was when Michael Jackson performed at halftime. And first there was Michael Jackson who just appeared in the corner of the stadium and everyone freaked out. And then the spotlight went to the other side of the stadium and there was another Michael Jackson and everyone freaked out. And they had like different Michael Jacksons popping up until like the real Michael Jackson was then revealed on the field. Right. Yeah. It was a big I deal. I remember that. Hi. Kaplan, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. I'm just thinking about it. You know, I got a buddy of mine. His name is Jim Steig, and he uh, worked for the NFL, the league office, and he ran the Super Bowl. And he has great stories to tell about how they actually got Michael Jackson booked. And I was thinking about those stories, and I can't think of any of them, frankly. So, <laughs> Wait a second. Yeah. So, so did you just give us a prelude to a story that didn't have a story? I gave you a prelude to a guy who's got great stories, but none of which I can think of off the top of my head where I'm like, <laughs> There's a part of the story about Michael oh Jackson God. and and him wanting to perform at the halftime and the NFL meeting with him and like they're face to face in a hotel suite. I'm like, but I can't really remember like all the details. So what am I gonna even? Am I gonna say this to George? And now I am. I mean, you did, but you didn't. I know, I know. I'll tell you one thing, I did. <laughs> I put on Instagram and I tagged you and at Unique with yeah. the underscore. Yeah. And Lindsay Baseball, and I gave yeah. you the before and after. Of the gray hair versus the jet black dark hair. Okay. So I just want you to know that it's there for for public consumption, George. Okay. All right. By the way, uh, uh, Eric uh, Herrera uh, tweets in that you're you you seem like more like a three eleven guy versus like Nickelback and um, yeah 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 three eleven is more of like a Greg Bergman band to be honest with you. Yeah, I couldn't tell you one song that three eleven sings. Now, if you played uh, one for me, Greg Bergman actually, I think, did like a 311 bracket contest one time. 311's good. I like 311. What I mean, yeah, I... 311, are they like comparable to Nickelback? No, you can't even put them in the same. No, not even close to the same category. How about, Come on. Uh, how about Creed? Absolutely not. Nickelback and Creed, same category. Yes, 311, no. I don't even know who 311 is. Tell me one song they sing, and if I know it, I'll be like, uh, then I can make my determination. A song called Amber. Oh, Amber is the color of your energy. Yeah, if you hear it, you'd know it. Mm-hmm. Well, Down. Yeah, you you know. also know Down yeah, like a very Down's popular a song. One. Yeah. You mean yeah, the one that like, goes like this? It goes, it's like, Down. <laughs> down. No, that's not it. No, that, a different Down. Okay, my bad. Different Down. <laughs> wasn't sure if that was the one you were talking about. I just snorted. <laughs> <laughs> What is wrong with you? I don't know. What man, kind of down. song was that? I don't know. It's just a song called Down by 311. <laughs> you know who's down? You. Yeah. You're down. Matthew Stafford why. just kicked your ass down. That's what he did. Well, Matthew Stafford, he he proved many, many doubters wrong. Um, in fact, somebody put up a, a tweet that said, uh, Matthew Stafford and Eminem both at the Super Bowl is the closest Detroit will ever get. You know, there are people in Detroit that said Matthew Stafford is nothing other than a stat machine. But when you look at it, you go, yeah, he put up Hall of Fame stats on a really bad team, really bad franchise, and all the doubt, which, guilty, hello, yes, that was me, I was the one who doubted it, wasn't sure about it, can a, can a great stat player become a winning player? 
It's kind of like Russell Westbrook in a lot of ways, you know? But Matthew Stafford has led his team to a championship opportunity. Dude, Matthew Stafford has been like the best quarterback in the fourth quarter all season this year. Like, it's nuts. Um, in the second half yesterday, he was 17-21, 207 yards and a touchdown. 11 for 11 when identifying or throwing a pass targeting Odell Beckham Jr. and Cooper Cup. Like, it was just nuts. Um, and here's the deal. It's like a funny stat that I saw on ESPN Stats and Info where Matthew Stafford, do you know how many wins he had when he was with the Lions? Where his um, whole career? Oh, no, 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 no. How many team? How many wins he had in his career with the Lions? Where he had, um, where he faced an opponent with ten or more wins? Like how many wins he had in those games? I would say in his whole Lions career. I'm gonna say under ten. That is correct. But you give me a number though, or no? Six. You're close. It was five. Damn. Okay. It was five. I mean, I really researched that and thought a lot about it for a long time. I didn't just come up with some guess, some random six. Did it sound yeah. like I did? No, no. It was good. Oh, it was good. Do you I know did. how many he has this year? Uh, seven? No, five. Oh. But he has as many in one year with a good team than he did his entire career with arguably the worst franchise in the sport, man. Yeah. You know, he just could never do for Detroit what Joe Burrow has done in a year and a half with Cincinnati. But they've got better guys around him. I got it. I I get it. What all I'm saying is, is that Burrow's a guy who, when you look at him, he shows up in this black turtleneck. I mean, come on, George, you should appreciate a black turtleneck, right? I do appreciate a black turtleneck. He's got on all that ice, Lord. You hear the way I called it ice? Pretty cool, right? For the love of God, the diamonds, the the JB9 with the Nike swoosh, right? They asked him after the game. They're like, "Yo, is that real?" He's like, "Bro, I make too much money for it not to be real." So he's got swag. He comes from a winning background, a national championship pedigree. Mm-hmm. And, and I just feel like Joe Burrow has elevated this lowly Cincinnati Bengal football team and organization. Right, Matthew, but the lowly Cincinnati Bengal football team made the playoffs a bunch um, under Marvin Lewis. They just never won one. Right, like, but that's, the Lions made the playoffs, what, once with Stafford? I think Twice? Was, I, yeah, I think they made it because, well, he was 0 for 3. So oh, so three, it three times, times, right. 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 So, look. Um, Stafford, unfortunately, for him, and everybody thinks they can, it's just that he couldn't. By himself, he was not enough to elevate the Lions franchise from chronic losers to successful winners, other than these three seasons where he went to the postseason. Burrow, in two years, one of which was injured, has done it around him. He's got great talent, great young talent. Yo. But Matthew, Matthew comes here, and he comes to a winning environment and the coach trusts him because he goes, you've seen it all. You've done it all. Go play ball. Whereas the previous quarterback, he treated him like a robot that he had a remote control on. So Stafford has more, I believe, than lived up to the hype. But, like he said yesterday, job's not done yet. Got to okay. win this thing. That's fair. And I'm with you. He does. He wins this one, though. It's a great it's one of the great stories in NFL history. Former number one pick goes to a downtrodden franchise, can't lift them up. Five and sixty-one in games against teams that won ten games or more in his Lions career. Five and five already with the Rams in insane. one season. It's insane. Right. Like all it all that guy needed was just some support. To your point, a coach that 
was willing to collaborate with him. A good coach, by the way, on top of that, because he didn't have a lot of good coaches there uh, in Detroit. He had, you know, I think they had, you know, Jim Caldwell one season or whatever it was or two seasons. Um, so that's it. Like, Jim Caldwell was a pretty good coach. But, like, he, he didn't have great coaching while he was there. No. And also he didn't have a great general manager while he was there. And now he's got all those things. And he's got a place, by the way, in Los Angeles where players want to come to play. Yeah. Where old, Do you think Odell Beckham Jr. and Vaughn Miller would have gone to the Lions if they were a 12-win team? I don't. I do not. Actually. That's my point. I do not think they would have gone to Detroit. Right. Okay. But you know what this is for, for Matthew Stafford now, though, George? This is your Hall of Fame moment. Yes. Because when this game, you already had what people called Hall of Fame statistics. Correct. You didn't have the wins to go with it. And yeah. it's different for a quarterback than it is for other players mm -hmm. because Megatron got into the Hall of Fame with a, a shorter-term career but monster numbers. Right. Dominant player. And arguably the greatest nickname ever. Correct. Now, Stafford had the numbers but no wins to show for it. He leaves Detroit and in his first year wins a Super Bowl with the Rams on their home field. Matthew Stafford just elevates from, yeah, he had a really, really, really great career to Matthew Stafford is a first ballot surefire Hall of Famer. Yeah, I'm with you 100%. That's what I was getting at in the tease, that this is the game of all games for him, not only to win the Super Bowl, but to cement his legacy and his career. One Super Bowl does for him what it, you know, what it would have done for like, I don't know, I'm just thinking like a who's a guy that won one Super Bowl? Oh, Steve Young is a perfect example, right? Steve Young it's like a perfect example. Steve Young, I believe also a number former number 1 pick, went to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, complete disaster, right? Went to the USFL for a little while. That didn't work out so great. Comes to the Niners. Has to be the understudy for Joe Montana. It's not completely apples to apples. Finally gets his chance. Gets a Super Bowl win against the Chargers. That's the type. This is that kind of story, in my opinion. When you look at what Matthew Stafford's career was and what it is now and the totality of the type of player that he's been. All right, coming up next. Don't forget, um, we are going to give away every hour a chance Okay, to qualify someone for tickets to the big game, Rams Bengals. Okay, who did we, who won the the last set of tickets a few minutes ago, Laura? Kenneth Douglas from Downey. Kenneth Douglas from Downey. Come on, you know I love Downey. Downey Dude, and I'm Torrance. Down with those, Downey. those are my two favorite cities in Southern California. <laughs> Downey and Torrance. Some people say like Beverly Hills and Santa Monica. Those are beautiful cities. Downey and Torrance. That's where Sedona wants to be. All right, so congratulations to Kenneth. All right, coming up next, Radio Tinder, everybody's favorite segment. We're back in two and a half minutes. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. 
to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, Linz, what do you got? All right, so today we're going to start off with a little Jeff Garcia conversation. As I'm sure you guys are well aware, the former 49ers quarterback, uh, he said on Friday that there was, quote, nothing sexist about the comments that he made about ESPN NFL analyst Mina Kimes that apparently what he said, she was lacking football knowledge because she had never played the game. So this is like a back and forth on Twitter Thursday and Friday. And Garcia came under fire when he snapped an Instagram comment over Kimes' analysis of Jimmy Garoppolo. Garcia appeared on the 95.7 The Game in San Francisco uh, with the idea of explaining himself, I guess. And when he was asked just to apologize to Mina, here's what he said. All I said was, you've never played the game. Well, you don't know what it's like to be on the field. Well, why not apologize? With me. Well, I'll get off the phone right now. I'm not going to talk about this crap anymore if this is what the conversation is going to be. We, I was brought on to talk about the 49er game. Hey, hey that's Jeff. yesterday's news. It's history. It's old. It's old. Move on. Jeff Move on. is not oh, Jeff, man. you, hey, we told you that we were going to bring this up. You're again, you're playing the victim to the whole media circus. Screw that, man. Jeff, the idea. The, We're the, the ones that are on the field being critiqued by 75,000 people, by new who knows how many media, by millions of people watching. We have to deal with it every day. I stood up for my, not my teammate, but hey, a fellow 49er. That's all I did. Why? That's all I did. First I'm of, ready to move on. Hey, you guys have a great day, man. I Jeff, you, you knew we were Niners. asking about you about hey, this, and you acknowledged that's why you were going to come on. You acknowledge he's still on the field, Stoney. He still thinks he's playing. <laughs> he still thinks he's playing, Stoney. <laughs> All right. Thank you for All that. Right. that again, 95-7 the game. Go ahead. Yeah, so do, do you guys think that Jeff Garcia is eventually going to apologize for being such a jerk? Swipe left or swipe right? Um, I'm going to swipe left. Uh, he's not, clearly. He's not going to do that. And look. I mean, whatever, dude. Like, you don't want to apologize. They And I heard the whole thing live, okay? I, they, the station tweeted it out. I happened to be on Twitter and saw that it was coming up in 15 minutes, so I, I put it on my phone because I wanted to hear it. I thought those guys did a really good job with him because they gave him a million outs to try to just be, like, cool about the whole thing. And he got super contentious, and I thought the one guy nailed it at the end where it sounded like he was the one playing on Sunday. Like, Dude, get out of here. You've, you've, you're, you're, you're retired. Like, what is wrong with you? And the other part about it is this. Clearly, if you've listened to this show, you've probably heard Mina on this station many times uh, with myself, with me and Cap just a few weeks ago, okay? Yeah. Uh, and many times over, okay? Mina used to do a weekly um, show with me here on this station, all right? Mina Kimes knows more when I need to know football, you know who I'm texting? Mina Kimes, okay? That's who I go to, all right? Here's the other part of the equation. I've been in the rooms with her and players, okay? And they're literally going back and forth talking about football, and they'll be like, hey, Mina, what do you think about this? Blah, 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 blah. And they'll be like, oh, yeah, I never thought of it that way. I've seen her. I don't need to defend her anymore. But what I'm telling you is if you're Jeff Garcia, this notion that if you've only played football – at the highest level that you can't comment on it is absurd. So I would, and these guys did this to Jeff and he wouldn't hear it. He was just yelling and screaming like, okay, so he, so Jeff Garcia should only be able to comment on football. Like we shouldn't take his uh, opinion seriously on anything else. 
Like, anything? Like, you know, even what burger is the best burger? Like, something as mundane as that? Like, come on. Don't be ridiculous, Jeff Garcia. This is just a typical attitude of former players who think that the only people who are qualified to talk about the game are the people who were in the game. And, by the way, I mean, she's just a girl, so come on. I mean, what could she really know about football? And, by the way, real quick, Cap, just for people that don't know, her comment was, you know, the Niners are winning in spite of Jimmy Garoppolo. That, you know, the, the rest of the team is lifting him were the words that she used. A comment that probably everyone in America has uttered. A lot of people she, shared a lot of she people compared him to opinion. She compared him to when, when a group is doing a project together in class and the one guy takes all the credit for getting the A. Like, that's, and that's true, right? Like, well, I mean, again, she's, a, she's somebody who has worked hard to study the NFL. She then has a platform to talk about the NFL. And for Jeff Garcia, he finds that insulting because how dare she? She didn't play in the NFL. Therefore, she's not qualified to comment. It's such a, it's such a weird mentality to have in today's day and age. That's what shocked me about it. By the way, I'm swiping right. I think he will apologize. I think he'll get so much pressure that he'll eventually apologize. Yeah, I, I think he's dug in, but we'll see. I hope he does. I hope you're right. Um, all right, what's next? All right, so CBS halftime analysts, you know the crew. Uh, got Boomer Esiason. Who else? Coach might? Cower. Oh, Nate, Nate Burleson, Burleson, Coach Cower. Uh, All these James guys. Brown and Phil Simms. The, yeah. yeah, don't forget so, Phil. Phil Simms, that's who I meant too. Uh, they've had some, you know, they probably had some really insightful things to say during halftime of the Chiefs-Bengals AFC Championship game, but we couldn't really hear it. That's because they were drowned out by a halftime concert by Walker Hayes at Arrowhead Stadium. The Applebee's song, people. Yes. So in case you <laughs> missed it, here is a short clip of what it sounded like. Oh, it's so Dude, funny. I couldn't stop. I mean, <laughs> Me seriously. Either. I couldn't stop watching. You know, train wreck TV, train wreck radio. That's that's funny. Top of the food chain in the industry. <laughs> CBS halftime AFC championship game. And that happens? Oh, my goodness. Do you like that we're also doing the same thing to you? We drowned you out with the same song. <laughs> I got the joke, and I thought it was clever. But I continued on the same way that Nate Burleson tried to continue on. And Boomer Esiason, yes, all of them. Boomer Esiason just laughed. He's like, I can't hear you. Yeah, Yeah, so so obviously the guys, they try to make the best of the situation. But I wanted to ask you guys, if anything weird or crazy like this has ever happened to you during a live broadcast, swipe left or swipe right? I mean, none that come to my mind, but of course. Like, I mean... I, that has probably happened at least 10 times in my career where I've been somewhere and some crazy random noise goes off at like uh, an, an event or an arena or a stadium or whatever. Yes. Also, my guess is, Kaplan, you've worked for said company before. My guess is someone upstairs was very upset that the placement of that set was put where it was. Oh, dude. People were saying, you know, on social media, who at CBS is getting fired over this? No, no. Who at the Chiefs is getting fired over this because when CBS takes their clout 
because they're the client. They're the ones who pay the big money. When they call Roger Goodell, which they don't even have to do because he saw this play out, it's somebody in the Chiefs or in the production. They're the ones who screwed this whole thing up. I mean, Right, the well, placement of the two sets. Right, they should have been put in a different place. But um, I, So what, what was the actual question here? Has it happened to me? Yes, swipe right, it's happened to me. None that I can think of at the moment, but yes. If you've ever done a remote in radio, chances are you've been yep, through something like this. Oh, time. yeah, just like when we were at uh, Bastard's Canteen. And we had listeners coming up to Cap like during the show. In the middle of the show, that guy. That's right. Yeah, he was dressed. Cap put him on the air. Yeah, he put him on the air, and the guy. And then he cursed. Yes. Yes. Great job, Cap. Oh hell. Hey, I'm down with Downey. Like I said. Yeah. We remember. All time Cap moment. Uh, All right, one more, Linz. Go ahead. All right, so LeBron James' mom, Gloria James, just celebrated her 54th birthday, and LeBron tried to be the best son ever. Surprised her with an awesome birthday present. He gifted his mom a brand new fully loaded Mercedes-Benz G-Wagon, a car that she's apparently wanted for quite a while now. Uh, Gloria James posted the pic on Instagram with the caption, thank you my caring and giving son, King James, for the early surprise birthday gift. You're always thinking of and doing things to help make my life easier and make me happy. Love you infinity with a bunch of hearts. It was adorable. Have you guys ever bought a really cool present for your parents? Swipe left or swipe right. Cap, you want to go first? Um, I'm thinking about cool presents for my parents, and I'm nothing's even coming close to the the new G wagon. <laughs> well, well, no, yes, yeah, definitely obviously. not a G wagon. Yes. Yeah, I'll tell you this. I remember when my dad turned. So swiping right, yeah. This may not sound so cool, but it was at the time. I remember when my dad turned fifty. I was probably about twenty three, four, something like that. My dad was into cigar smoking back then. Ugh, ugh, cigar smoke, gross. I got him a humidor filled with cigars, and he was so happy with that gift. I, of course, didn't want to be around him when he used the gift. It was one of those times, though, that he was just very, very happy with what he'd received. There was no G-Wagon, but it made him happy. Yeah, I'm trying to think. There's probably a a, a number of things over the years. Uh, I'm trying to think. Um... God, I feel you know what? My, I, right I'll, I'll remember what a one. So my son, I am. I, I'll remember. So for Father's Day, um, I I took um, my dad to an NBA Finals game. He had never been to an NBA Finals game. This is when he had just got. He was. He was. He had just gotten sick, but he wasn't sick enough where like he was mobile still at that time. And yeah, I took my parents. I I called you know some people at the league, and I said, Hey, can I can I get some nice? My dad also needed a wheelchair, so I needed like accessible seating um but yeah i got him to an nba finals game it's something he had never seen i also love that um what was the actor's name the the boy in the uh on the fred show savage that, fred savage uh he was he was great in the austin powers movie that he was that he started it was great the mole he was the mole did you you don't watch you didn't watch austin powers of Who course i, I watched to? austin powers yeah which one all of them yeah yeah, the first one, the second one, the third one. <laughs> Give me a good line. There's a lot of lines from that movie. Oh God! I mean, there's those tons movies. Of lines. You think I don't? You think I don't know these Austin Powers? Hey, lines? Stop googling. Just give me one. I'm not googling yeah. anything. <laughs> I, I'm looking up stats right now. As a matter of fact, baby, was that was that Austin Powers enough for you? <laughs> wow, <laughs> yeah, sort of. I guess you know. Oh man, I probably saw that movie more than like any movie when I was younger. It was my favorite movie when I was like 13. Oh, I'm down on the wonder years all these years later. You know why, George? I told you this story that Fred Savage's brother in the show, actor Jason Hervey, mm-hmm. one time beat me up in a wrestling ring. Oh, no, I did not know this. Did you tell me this? 
I don't remember hearing yeah, this story. Yeah, I've never story. heard this story. You've never heard this story? No, go right ahead. So um, there was like a WCW event, and uh, Jason Hervey was really into wrestling like I right. was. And right. Somehow the brother on the Wonder Years, the right. older brother. Somehow yes. we had a connection. And so I said, hey, I want to get in the ring and learn some moves. And he had told me that he'd learned all these moves from I, like the Funk Brothers, you know? Like he oh, had like this Terry whole wrestling and Dory background. Funk. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So we got into the ring. And I thought we were going to, like, you know, I'd souffle him. You know, he'd body slam Now, did you me. souffle him? Or, I mean, or, or did you suplex him? Because, you know, I, I mean, I know some people occasionally have said souffle, but I don't feel like that's the proper definition unless it's some sort of Canadian move. It's, I'm not no, familiar. it's a different move, George. It's, it's, it's different. It's a little more old school. It's, it's yeah. called a belly-to-belly souffle. Oh, okay. And so, anyway, I was planning on belly-to-belly souffleing Hervey. Yeah. Hervey had other thoughts in mind um, when he hit me with the flare chop. Oh, I was like, what are you doing, man? I thought like you hit me. I hit you. He's like, no, no, this is your first time in the ring. This is how I was taught. This is how you're going to be taught. And he proceeded to beat the ever living hell out of me. Right. In a ring. And so I'm down on the people. wonder years. Yeah. Oh, well, there you go. Um, speaking of going back to Austin Powers, can you name yeah. Any of the female leads in Austin Powers in the three movies? Um, you mean like the actress themselves? Yeah, the, the female uh, leads. What's the girl's name? She's the blonde. She was also in like The Hangover. Uh, what's her name? She was in The Hangover? I think so. I'm not sure. I mean, there's two really, really like obvious ones. I mean, there's I a super there famous one. person. One. I'm trying to yeah, think there's the one Austin that's Powers. for real famous, famous, like famous beyond being Foxy like Brown. only has one name, famous. Foxy oh, really? Brown. Her 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 uh, her character's name was Foxy Cleopatra. Oh, yeah. I thought it was Foxy Brown. Foxy I don't Brown is another person. Oh. I don't remember. I mean, I can get you Mike Myers. You know, that's kind you don't of, remember I mean, yeah, Beyonce. Over, thanks. You can mention, yeah, yeah. Austin oh no, Powers. Beyonce, Beyonce. No, I forgot about that. Beyonce what? was in the third movie. Yeah, and yeah. then the first movie was Elizabeth Hurley, and the second movie was Heather Graham, who I think Heather Graham. That's yeah. who I was thinking of. Yeah. Heather Roller Graham. Roller Girl in uh, Boogie Nights. That's who I was thinking of. Yeah, Heather Graham. Did you see Boogie Nights at least? Yeah, I saw Boogie Nights. Okay, I saw. I know the story of Boogie Nights. Okay. All right. Um, real quick, speaking of stories, here's a funny yeah. story for you. So, and, and by the way, I'm going to say this on the front end. Because clearly we know um, who is on the Rams roster, okay? Um, but I found myself, right, like watching this game, and there was a pass deep down the field into the end zone. And I'm sitting there going, holy moly, that receiver is wide open. Stafford's going to hit him. And then he dropped it over his shoulder, missed it. And I literally yelled, damn it, Skoranek. And then I was like, who the hell is Skoranek and why is he on this roster? <laughs> now, I'm sure he's – look, I know he's good on special teams. I get that. But I'm like yelling, why is he running routes if he can't catch these passes? Am I the only one who sits there and thinks like – and I'm sure Ben Skoranek is a nice young man and I'm, I'm just I, – it just was so frustrating at that time that I was sitting there going like – if you would have told me, if I would have told you before the game, okay, before the season even, hey, the Rams are going to have a guy, you know, on their roster named Ben Skoranek, what position do you think he would have played? Ben Skoranek is a guy who I think is uh, is an inside linebacker. Right. That sounds he's, fair. Yeah. He's probably from some kind of an East Coast kind of school. Well, like he went to Penn Notre Dame State. anyway, so there you oh, go. okay. Yeah. 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 Notre Dame. Yeah. Okay. Or yeah. offensive lineman, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's got to be one of those kinds of guys. Right. Wide receiver. 
And I'm like sitting there going, Skoranek, you got to catch the damn pass, Skoranek. And all I could do was yell Skoranek at my television for like five straight minutes. You know, um, Skoranek didn't catch that pass. And had he caught it, what a difference his life would be today. Because people would be like, yo, um, I never even heard of Skoranek. But did you see that insane catch that he made? Dude, we would have had Skoranek on the show if he would have caught that damn thing. We could have asked him really good questions like, dude, who are you? Yeah. Because I would have guessed if you would have told me a guy named Ben Skoranek would have been on the Rams roster, I would have said, did the guy win a contest? <laughs> you know, it's an interesting story because without Robert Woods, you know, he becomes kind of like a fourth guy and a special teams player. And a no, no, and he's guy. good on special teams. So I'm not. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I was but so mad at him. Like I was I'm never that guy. And I was just like, damn it, Skoranek. Yeah, <laughs> well, that was one that where Matthew Stafford was unlucky. Um, he was lucky later in the game when uh, when the Rams got the ball back. There was about nine and change to play. He's got first down on about the 12-yard line, and he throws this deep pass. And there's guys there. You know, yeah. Van Jefferson's there. Odell Beckham's yeah. there. But yeah. it literally hits the hands of the San Francisco defensive back. Dropped. Yeah. Yeah. It was insane. Insane. There's so many insane moments in that game. Like, that could have – like, obviously there was uh, – what's the guy's name? Um, the the DB, number three, or whatever, who dropped the ball for uh, the Niners. What was his name? I, I, his name's – he's got an interesting name, this dude. Ta Tart, Tart, Tart. No, no, but he got an interesting first name. What's his first name? Because <sighs> I remember hearing it, and I was like, dude, I've not – I don't know that name. But I liked um, it. I think it's Jaquiski. Yeah, something like that. Is yeah, the way you say his name, Jaquiski, some, I believe. Something like yes. that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But Tart, I was like going, whoa. Like, that moment, Jalen Ramsey then dropped an interception. Like, right. there were a lot of moments in that second half where the game was teetering on – that. that's how close it was. It was teetering on one play. But I was very focused on Skoranek at that time. I was well, just not – I was very upset at Skoranek. I understand. I do. I get it. And I can hear you screaming in your TV, Skoranek. Yeah. But you're right. There were. Some I was blaming moments. the whole season on Skoranek already. Yeah. It was all. It was his fault, really. You were out on Skoranek. Yeah. yeah. I'll tell you this, Aaron Donald. One of my favorite moments of that game caught on television. Of course, if it wasn't, we wouldn't have seen it. But Aaron Donald calling up the defense, and you can just imagine his mindset, George. Like I've been working and training and lifting and and eating right and doing everything, and we're a quarter away. We're 15 minutes away from going to the Super Bowl in our home stadium, and we're we we've got three hurries. We've got no sacks. We're not pressuring Garoppolo. He's actually playing decently. We got to ramp up the pressure. And they did. And that really ultimately was the big difference in the game is the way the Rams defense came to life in the fourth quarter. Yeah, no, they were awesome, man. And again, Matthew Stafford kicked ass in that game. Like just kicked ass in the second half, even though Tart dropped the, the pick. But you know what? That happens. Listen, you know, people can sit here and say, oh, you know, it was easy. Jalen Ramsey had an easy pick. Could have well. been a pick six, maybe. Right. The other direction, on the other, on, you know, and a drive just shortly thereafter. So, all right, coming up next, Odell Beckham Jr. His impact on and off the field has lifted this team. We'll explain how in just a moment. Stick around for that, plus what you need to know in between. We're back in two and a half minutes, 710 ESPN.